The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Welcome to the clinic. It is open. The Retirement Clinic each week on WISN in Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison. And your host is, of course, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, Jeff Kowal. Morning, Paul. Good morning to you, Jeff. We are ready to go, aren't we? You bet. Hit the ground running. Uh, open for uh, questions, the lines officially right now we're live in studio every saturday at 10 o'clock for the retirement clinic we should thank for last week stepping in john white and marie mcfarland yeah they did a great job got good response from them uh from listeners about them so that's good they do a nice job both on the radio show and in our practice they're both great although we we sort of committed a uh a sin for this show we skipped the sexy segment how could that happen (laughs) <laughs> it was marie's decision it wasn't mine well if marie says so then it's okay yeah. we just you know she's like well i've got good topical material but it may not relate to that so let's just skip it for us that's okay just not here we do have it today though we talk about wealth management and preservation that's coming up later uh in the show as i mentioned lines are open as always for retirement questions it's what they do at the Kowal investment group uh now located world headquarters in waukesha up in Ozaukee County. Jeff, you've got a great office in Port Washington. Yep. Views of the lake, Phoenix, Arizona, and Racine, right off of the freeway on Highway 20. So, four locations or thekowalway.com. You've actually got a great topic for today as well about keeping family wealth in the family. I do. Um, it's something we, we've been uh, promoting for years. You know, once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and then pass it on to your heirs? A lot of people want to keep their family wealth in the family, so we're going to touch on that. Another thing we're going to touch on in the first segment, if I get to it, a number of people have mentioned to me about this Peter Thiel with uh, PayPal having five billion dollars in his Roth IRA. So I want to talk a little bit about wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. How much? Five billion dollars. He turned two thousand dollars into five billion dollars. I'll, I'll give you the details on that in a little bit. Is in a B. Billion. Billion. Yes. He's the owner of PayPal. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's a story behind it. I, for one, would be a little bit upset if somebody found out that I had that kind of money in my IRA because it's supposed to be private. You're not supposed to know about it, but I'll get to that as oh, well. Oh, that's a good point. I, yeah, I don't know why you'd be upset, but the privacy concern. You bet. So uh, that, we'll talk a little bit about that. Of course, we have our sexy segment. Does everybody I, knows what PayPal is, right, Jeff? I don't know. It's like, it's like Venmo. It's an app where you... Oh, that clears it up. If yeah. you get PayPal, it's like Venmo. Yeah, that clears well, it up. the next question. Thank you, Paul. What the hell is Venmo? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's an it's a way to pay each other, right? Electronically pay, pay yes. each other. Yeah, and uh, most that's what that's what that's what the kids are doing these days. Uh, they really are, Jeff. If somebody in our family, but like, even I do it on, on occasion too. I'm yeah, everybody, sir, everybody's sure. doing it now. Um, it's it really is handy, Jeff. Once you get used to it, <laughs> PayPal, look Venmo. Okay, <laughs> that's Venmo. <laughs> And I think there's others. Those those two probably the two most recognized names. Hey, we'll talk about that uh, later in the show. In the meantime, as I mentioned, the 
kowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. And one more thing before we get into the nuts and bolts of the show. Jeff and his staff do awesome market updates Monday through Friday, uh, several times each day on both stations that you're listening to now, WISN and WIBA. And Jeff, it's just a snippet, but we feature, you know, like Marie and John last week and your entire staff, Joe Still, Aaron Spitzner. They do a great job on those. It's written Tom, with the... Tom Krieger, that's right. Missing? Ray Arndt. Uh, Ray Arndt, yep. Uh, Marie, you talked about Marie. John, Aaron Kowalt, your son. Kowal, yep. Uh, we all do it even once in a while. I do it. We try to give you one minute on what's going on in the market that particular day. Uh, up or down, is it a government report? Is it corporate earnings? What's driving the market that particular day? We also try to give a so what idea. You know, if, if uh, inflation is going up, uh, so what? What does that mean to you? How does it affect your accounts? Or other things, if oil prices are going up, how does that affect your family vacation? So we try to give a, a so what in our uh, in our reports. But we wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, tech-heavy NASDAQ. Every day, Monday through Friday, WISN, uh, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock uh, news uh, reports. And then at 4.55 on WIBA in Madison, we give you one minute of uh, Coal Investment Group business report. I know we hear the word volatility, and it seems like the markets have been very volatile lately, and I think they have been, Jeff, but they always are. I mean, it's get used to it, right? If you're an investor, I think so. And it just seems like bigger swings. If you know, a hundred when the Dow was at a thousand, a hundred point drop would be a big deal. When the Dow was at thirty four thousand, a hundred point drop is not that big a deal. Look at the percentage, sure, of movement, right? Yep. Uh, but still, people have to adapt to that. Uh, but it, yeah, it does. There is a lot of volatility in the markets. That's likely to continue. Uh, if, if information comes out about oil prices or inflation or taxes or anything, agreement on taxes, and then an hour later, a disagreement on taxes, those are the types of things that will drive the market up and down. But So listen for our reports every day. And then um, if it prompts you to give us a call, give, give us a call at 262-522-4040 or go online at thekowalway.com. We have at least, what, seven minutes before we have to take that first break. Jeff, do you want to dive into the tips I to do. keep family wealth in the family? Well, I want you to go to our website. It's at, again, thekowalway.com. Uh, it's five tips to keep family wealth in the family. I'm only going to give you a couple of them because I want you to go to the website. Um but the, the we wrote this article, and um, once you've accumulated some wealth, again, how do you keep family wealth in the family? How do you have it go, uh, have it so that it does not go to unintended beneficiaries? Building a comfortable life for the ones you love takes years of hard work, dedication, and sacrifice. For many people, the goal is to obtain financial freedom while keeping a lasting legacy for future generations. Now is the time to prepare to get most out of the lifetime of hard work. So there are five effective tips to keep family wealth in the family. And this is on your website. On our website, thekowalway.com. It, it's a pretty good article I'm looking at. I mean, yeah. it's in-depth, thekowalway.com. Correct. So we want you to go to the website to take a look at that. And while you're there, if you want to click on and uh, meet with us, we'd be happy to, to arrange a time to meet. Um, especially if you've accumulated some wealth, you want to keep that wealth in the family. 
Uh, but the first one is to mentor future generations. Keeping family wealth going for generations takes hard work. We're not born with skills, but rather skills are learned. Handling money is a skill, too. Time to uh, Take the time to educate future generations about my, managing finances and saving money and explain the importance of earning money and the value it brings. Now, even our engineer's son knows that he has to bury money in his 401k. He, he's got to get the company match, and he's done a nice job. And Aaron, of course, does that too. So when you talk about uh, educating the family about the importance of it, don't rely on dad and mom. Make sure that you, you know, even though there may be an inheritance in the future, you don't know what's going to happen. Oh, well, what if they need it for their own needs? Assisted Absolutely. living, if they, you know... M- is not most Americans. When we talk about estate planning, when we've had guests on the show talking about long-term care insurance, many Americans don't have that, Jeff. Let's just be honest. And don't address it. And sometimes you don't need the insurance. Many right. times you do. But sometimes you have enough wealth that you can still pass, pass wealth onto the family if you want to and still overcome a long-term care need. Statistically, one out of three people is going to need some sort of long-term have faced a long-term issue. 33% of us. Yep, last 90 days or longer. So either home health care, assisted living, or nursing home. Um, some event, one out of three people, uh, 65 or older, are going to face that. So I, wouldn't, been, I wouldn't want to be in that group. Well, I want to be like my grandfather who just came home from breakfast, sat in his chair, and passed away peacefully in his sleep. Yeah, I, We I, don't have that. Luck, we don't dictate that. Luckily, both of my parents were... Kind of like that. Yep. My, you know, my mom had colon cancer, decided not to get treated. My dad had uh, died of pneumonia, and you know, he it was a, a wink and a nod, keep me comfortable. Did, it, didn't go on too long. Did, no, it, it didn't. Did it so require we, hospice or anything? No. Okay. No, for either one of them. Yeah, that's. So I mean, that's. Don't you think that. most people would prefer to go out yeah, that way? Nobody likes. You know, you can't choose the way that you go, but no. the, yeah, that would be that'd be preferable. Number two here is preserve, grow, and take income. That's a sweet spot of what we do in our practice uh, is once you've accumulated some wealth, how do you preserve it and grow it? And then take income from it uh, and then pass it on to your heirs. There are many things to consider when it comes to managing the wealth, and which is why you should always consider advice from a professional. What we do at the Cowell Investment Group is prepare cash flow analysis, create a financial plan, help you navigate navigate the taxes and manage investments. That's a key thing. The taxes, tax part of it is important as well. Um, you know, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. It's the after tax portion and how can you maximize that? That's two of the five. So go on our, our website, thekowalway.com. Five tips to keep family wealth in the family. Create, uh, do, uh, go take a look at that. There are a couple more items on there. And then again, if you if you have $750,000 or more, you're close to already in retirement. If you have a million, two million, five million dollars, or like Peter Thiel, five billion dollars, uh, give our office a call or, or go on the website. Are we talking about that later in the show? Yeah, we're going to talk topic? about that. Next, I can tease it for the next, let's see, we have a couple of minutes. I can at least tease it. And- Do that. It's PayPal. Every, I think most people have heard of PayPal. Yeah. I, I, but that growth, making that much money. Yeah, his account jumped to more than $3 billion in just three years, even though he didn't contribute any money to his Roth after 1999. So the this is a... Uh, uh, an article from I think Money Watch, Market Watch, Market Watch is where this came from, and so I want to talk a little bit about the, why Roth, why this is so important, and why 
anybody who's bringing attention to this should just shut up. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's kind <laughs> well, of... Now you, I, I want to know more, but we don't have time, Jeff. We'll, we'll get, we'll do that after the break. Uh, and I want to hear your thoughts on that too. How uh, billion? I, I can't comprehend that much money. Yeah, but it growing from two thousand to a billion. Was... Think about one million. How much that is? Then a hundred million. Then you get up to nine hundred million. Billion dollars. That's. Great. And then you get to nine ninety nine. Then you're first at one billion dollars. More than I paid in taxes last week. That's that's uh, oh, that's man. a chunk of change. That's a big chunk of change. PayPal. Okay, Jeff, that's coming up. I know you've got the sexy segment as well. Hey, if you want to text us questions, that works as well. We've been doing that throughout the morning, and uh, lately a lot of WISN listeners think that's quicker and easier. We'll answer those questions. We'll read them and answer them on the air. It's the same number as calling in. We've got phone lines open on the retirement clinic, and, of course, it's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text line. Same number. 414-799-1130. That's our number. Jeff, I do want to pass along your information to reach out to the Kowal Investment Group. You know, everybody talks about your website, thekowalway.com. They can still call your office. That's still an option. Absolutely. And a lot of people do, and we appreciate that. It's 262-522-4040 to call the Kowal Investment Group, 262 522 4040. Jeff Kowal is your host here on WISN in Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. All right, a lot coming up on the program. We'll be right back after a quick break. Stick around. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. An emergency fund may not be something you would typically associate with a business, but having a safety net for your company could help save you and your business from difficulties caused by life's unexpected turns. Building an emergency fund can be easier said than done, but the reward of security is well worth the tightened financial leash. There are a number of ways to start putting money away for your company. For instance, did your business receive a tax refund this year? Instead of spending it, make it the first installment in your company's emergency fund. Make use of technology when you can. While a business trip to New Orleans may be fun with a side of work, is it really necessary? Cut back on business trips that are not essential and put the money you save into your company's emergency fund. Make the fund a part of your business plan. Include plans and objectives for the emergency fund, such as percentage of profits, that should be contributed to the fund and setting a minimum balance for that account. Be sure to keep the emergency funds separate from your company's normal business account. Keeping all of your funds in the same place can be too tempting when it comes to the urge to spend. While you don't want to lock your emergency fund away, you should consider putting the fund somewhere it can gain interest. Do your homework and look around for instant access savings accounts offering higher levels of interest. And don't forget to work with your financial advisor. During your next meeting, bring up the subject of emergency funds and let your advisor offer advice and support on how to structure your fund savings. If you need assistance starting an emergency fund for your business or any other business questions, give our office a call at 262-522-4040 or visit us at thekowalway.com. Aaron Kowal with today's Boss Minute, business owner savings and security. So... That's for business owners. It's a feature we do each week on the Retirement Clinic. Welcome back with Jeff Kowal. I'm Paul Kronforst. We continue. Lots to talk about. The theme, Jeff, five tips to keep family wealth in the family. 
Most people, I would assume, I'm just guessing that in my fellow, you know, people I know, humanity, my faith in humanity, (laughs) that you want the wealth to stay in the family. That being said, however, I think there are some instances where stepkids come into play or other family members where they don't want it to. That's right. Blended families, sometimes it's, it's, uh, you want to make sure that, that, or even... Um, not blended families. You just want to make sure that you, if you've done estate planning, that uh, it goes in to to the people that you want it to go to, or some for some of our clients, they want to spend every last dime and bounce a check to the undertaker. So that's the <laughs> that's the check. <laughs> so that's their intent that they don't want to leave anything, or you know they have they're charitably inclined. So they everybody has a different. But what is it? How does that? Uh, what does that mean to you to keep family wealth in the family? So we'll, uh, again, go to the website, thecoalway.com, uh, and there are uh, five tips uh, to keep family wealth in the family. Take a look at that and then learn more. Go to coalway.com, and you can schedule your complimentary review there or uh, click, and Heather will get back to you right away, or give us a call at 262 well, and that goes to estate planning, which you guys help your clients with. You know, retirement is your niche, which we can take calls on any retirement question. Lines are open, but taxes, social security, estate planning, uh, all of that comes into play when you plan your retirement. And that's what—that's how we differentiate ourselves from everybody else. Uh, everybody else will, <clears throat> might have somebody on staff that if you're doing uh, uh, investments and then they see you think about retirement, oh, we got a guy that does that. With this, everybody from top to bottom, that's our specialty. That's what separates us from everybody else. That from top to bottom, everybody in our organization talks about every aspect of retirement planning. Now, we'd like to have this Peter Thiel as a a client of ours. He turned $2,000 in a Roth IRA into $5 billion. Uh, Again, this is... uh, Owner of PayPal, had a large starter. Roth individual retirement accounts were created to help middle-class earners set aside money for retirement with no taxes due upon withdrawal. But PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel has used his Roth to amass $5 billion nest egg. His Roth IRA was worth less than $2,000 in 1999, according to Internal Revenue Service data obtained by ProPublica. ProPublica. It's not their business what he's got. Anyway, that's that's the issue that I have. That well, the, how that's they the find whole, out. Well, that's the whole deal with probate and estate planning, keeping it out of public right. record, right. right? Right. And Roth IRAs, I mean, it shouldn't be, an IRS record should not be. Um, it's um, almost like HIPAA with regard to our, our health absolutely. privacy. Yeah, but that's should, been thrown out the window the last year with COVID. Absolutely. I mean, they, so they, they so should, it's nobody's business if you contract it. It really isn't. Right. It's private. And just like this. It's not anybody's business how much you have in your Roth IRA. They're funded with after-tax dollars, which means you already paid taxes on it going in. So you already paid your fair share, whether it's $2,000 or a million dollars. Whatever it is, you paid your taxes on that already, but that means that the money is withdrawn tax-free, and that's why everybody's up in arms now. The account jumped to $3 billion um, in just three years, even though he did not accum- it did not put any more money in. But how he did this was that he put uh, $1,700. Uh, they've used Roth IRAs slightly differently. Here, let me back up just a little bit. 
Uh, first of all, he has to turn, uh, he's 53 now. He needs to wait until he turns 59 and a half to withdraw any of his money completely tax-free. Otherwise, there'll be a 10% federal penalty and 3.33% state penalty. So he won't have to pay taxes on it, but he might have to pay penalties on it because he's not 59 and a half yet. But it's wildly different from everybody else's. Approximately 21.6 million taxpayers had Roth IRAs <clears throat> at the end of 2018 collectively worth $845 billion. So broken down, that's about $39,000 per Roth IRA, according to the IRS data, which is public. But amassing this amount of money in a Roth IRA is not simple. The contribution limit for these accounts is $6,000 a year in 2021, $7,000 for those people 50, age 50 and older. So you can put $7,000 in. But there are some restrictions. Um, and with modified, with adjusted gross income. But Thiel and other entrepreneurs have used the Roth IRA slightly differently from the, from the manner in which other investors would ProPublica found. For example, Thiel bought 1.7 million shares of PayPal stock in 1999 when it was worth 0.001 cent. So it was worth one-tenth of a cent at that time. So he bought 1.7 million shares, and it was uh, $1,700. Wow, it seems like so much, right, when you say how many shares he bought? Yes. But at that price, it only was $1,700 in original to buy, investment. To buy 1.7 million shares of PayPal. So if it goes up to a buck, it's probably worth $300 a share. No, what year was this again? 1999. Okay. So if it goes up to a buck a share, it's $1.7 million. And now it's worth hundreds of dollars of shares. But with this strategy, investors are able to buy a large amount of shares of a startup at fractions of a penny per share. And then when those investment, when the, when the value of that goes up, all that's tax-free. The gains from these are all tax-free because they occurred inside the Roth IRA. Ah, that's the key because they're inside that. Yeah. Month. So the money that went in there, that $1,700 that went in there, he already paid tax on it. So all that growth on that is tax free. And it's not just growth, it's obscene through the roof growth. Right. And it's all tax free. And when he takes money out, it's tax free too. Wow. Why didn't I do this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, what's you, the you, next PayPal, in other words? I want to know right now so I can buy it. Yeah, well, yeah. I, who doesn't? I've got two grand. I'll, I'll do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now, that's that's a bold move, Paul. Just give me the next PayPal. Give yeah. me the next Microsoft, Microsoft. Or Why did I invent Amazon yeah. or any of those? Yep. Hindsight's a, a beautiful thing. We all look back and go, that made sense. But this says this is what the bad part of it. Critics argue that these accounts should be subject to policy reform. A threshold will likely be imposed after a story like this. Uh, because I think that the goal of this stuff is, was to help middle-income people, lower-income people, have a nest egg for the future. That's Anthony Scaramucci, that, that uh, uh, um, founder and co-partner of Bridge. He was White House Communications Director. I remember him. You know, anybody, if, if you have to listen to that guy. You're in trouble. Yeah, it's Anthony tough. Anthony Scaramucci, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Uncle Sam wants a piece of this pie. Well, they're saying that. So what, The PayPal pie. When you hear something like that, and chances are they're not going to, well, who knows if they'll be able to get something out of this guy. But um, you know, they may say the most you can accumulate in your Roth IRA is $500,000 or a million. After that, either has to be paid out or you can't make any future contributions or something. That's the thing that's bad about this story. For so IRA, somebody takes a risk, yeah, puts some money yeah. in 
takes a risk with PayPal in the first place, puts in his Roth IRA. That's a smart move. And then it grows tax-free all that time. That's great planning. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to find that. But we, in our planning, what we do is we put the most aggressive holdings in the Roth IRA. Because if they take off, all that is tax-free. Uh, tax-free growth, tax-free withdrawal. So that makes a lot of sense. Jeff, uh, well, I got a couple of thoughts on that. First off, it's a cool story. Yeah, it is pretty. Story. So he basically turned seventeen hundred dollars, one thousand seven hundred, into over five billion dollars. Yep, and kept it in a Roth. Right. So it's all tax free. It's all tax free. That's just an incredible thing. And you're right; they're not going to let that happen again. Right. Well, who ch- does the IRS change laws? Does it need to be approved through the Congress? The, Congress has cha- the IRS doesn't change them. The IRS enforces them. It's Congress. Yeah, so it's Congress that would have to change that. And you can bet with this bunch in there that they're likely to do it. Uh, there's another bunch story. Of knuckleheads in oh, Washington. Yeah. Drain that swamp for God's sake. Well, that's you find out you found out that that's a harder process than we thought it might be. Yeah, First of all, it's, it's not yeah, easy. It's President easy to Trump, say. Yeah, President Trump identified the swamp. Cleaning it up is a whole other issue. Well, it, it's now worse than it was before he started, in my opinion. Well, now they're bold because they're already identified. So they say, all right, everybody knows who we are. Yep. We'll just keep And I'm it. talking about Republicans uh, and Democrats. Absolutely. Both. I mean, they're just, they've been in there way too long. Yep. The likes of Mitch McConnell and all these yep. guys, Biden, all yep. of them, way, Romney, way too long. Guys. Just go. Retire Mitt Romney. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? But that's, yep. well, he may get retired. There's another article. I, yeah, there's another article that I wanted to touch on. The IRS is watching. Are you saving too much for retirement? Again, these are the types of stories. This one with Thiel and the billion dollars, but the, you know they are coming after you if you're accumulating too much. Which is, you know, for most people they don't save enough for Amer- for for retirement. Most Americans don't. It's entirely possible to save too much. Tax law limits how much you're allowed to contribute to retirement accounts. Excess contributions can be penalized. Uncle Sam doesn't want you to leave the money in the account too long either. So overstuffing your retirement accounts. Um, not everyone is allowed to contribute to retirement accounts. Contributions to an, excuse me, to an IRA or Roth IRA require you or your spouse to have earned income such as wages, salary, bonuses, commissions, tips, or self-employment income. In other words, you can't, if you have pension income, if you're just, if your income is social security, you can't contribute to IRAs or Roth IRAs. Also, the ability to contribute is phased out based on the amount of income, $125,000 to $140,000 for single filers, and up to $208,000 for married couples filing jointly. But the annual contribution limit is $6,000 for 2021 and $7,000 for those uh, over 50. I always like the Roth IRAs. Everybody is different. But even if you're in a top tax bracket, there are stories that said that um, uh, regardless of your tax bracket, if you're seven years or more away from using the money, the Roth IRA is always a better way to go. But what if you change jobs? What if you do other things? Um, you have their contribution limits. Um, let's see. Heavy penalty for not withdrawing enough. You're not required to take distributions from a Roth IRA during your lifetime for now. Those are the types of stories they'll say. You got to start taking it out. Yep. And, and why would they? Re- why would they require you to take the money out? Um, they're not, they already got the tax on it. So why should they force the issue? Well, President Obama was the one that started this idea. Mm-hmm. 
to equalize the withdrawals. IRAs, SEP IRAs, Roth IRAs. Why Roth IRAs? Well, because that money's tax-free, continues to grow tax-free. If they force it out, you have to invest it in something else that's not tax-free, either in a sep an individual account that you have to pay capital gains tax on or a savings account that you get order income tax on. So that's why they want to force withdrawals from Roth IRAs. Also, but right now you don't have to. Other retirement accounts, however, usually require you to start taking withdrawals minimum starting at age 72. The age used to be 70 and a half, but the SECURE Act that came out 19, in 2019 um, uh, changed that. So now it's age 72. Miss a deadline or take too little, and the IRS penalty is 50% of the amount you should have withdrawn but didn't. 50, five, zero percent. So if you have a million dollars in your four, in your IRA and you're supposed to take out 4%, $40,000 and you don't, the tax penalty on that is $20,000, 50%. Insult to injury, you still have to take out the $40,000, then you have to pay your ordinary income tax on that. So if your income tax bracket's 40%, combined state and federal, so you have to pay a 50% penalty plus 40%, so you could lose well, 90%. Why not just take it all? Well, Here, don't tempt them. Don't here's tempt 100% them, Paul. of my money. <laughs> Screw it. If I'm at 90% already, I give up. Oh, well, that's just if you don't take your withdrawal, then yeah, you have of to pay course. the penalty. Yeah, They're that's... still going to force you to take the withdrawal out. Um, okay, so take... You, at 401ks, you still have to take it out. After your death, the SECURE Act generally requires your heirs to empty your retire, retirement account. Retirement. Jeez, mm -hmm. your retirement accounts, including Roth IRAs, within 10 years. So it used to be a stretch IRA. You could stretch it out over the beneficiary's life expectancy. With the SECURE Act, that changed. And what we had to do is, is take it out over 10 years, whether it's a Roth IRA or traditional IRA. After 10 years, with some exceptions, you have to have those accounts drained after 10 years. All of these, uh, we got a break, Jeff, but we'll come back with some thoughts on this. The big thing is you're penalized if you take that early withdrawal. A 401k plan, Jeff, you don't want to take an early withdrawal. You want it there for Absolutely. your retirement. That's why you yeah, saved it. Yeah, that's the purpose of it, yeah. So you're not penalized. Same thing with taking a loan out from it and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of details in that. And uh, I know that was an extreme example, the 90%. Right. But that, it could that's happen. That's if you screw up and don't take enough out. So, uh, Or yeah, not work a, with a, an advisor. That yeah, knows the rules and make sure that you take the money out. Yeah, understand what you're doing. Uh, to reach out to the Cobal Investment Group, 262-522-4040. We are live in studio. Quick break on the Retirement Clinic with Jeff Cobal, your host. I'm Paul Cronforce. If you want to sneak in a question or a text, the Acunet Mortgage Line is open. 414-799-1130. So this week we are doing a sexy segment. Of course we are. Yes, Jeff Kowal back on the Retirement Clinic. We're live every week. We're joking that Marie and John did not do it. Last week, the Kowal Investment Group with this program on WIBA Madison and WISN Milwaukee. You focus, Jeff, to sum up the Retirement Clinic and what you do at the Kowal Investment Group. It's all about retirement. That's right. If you're close to already in retirement with $750,000 or more in retirement assets, this... Uh segment though 
the show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. Um, and a lot of times, um, we've heard from a lot of people that listen to the show, appreciate the weekly show, appreciate the market reports. How do you take the next step? Or what happens? I went to a wake yesterday uh, for a client of mine. And dear people, they've been with us for 20 years. And it's, um, it has an impact every time I do that. And, and I love them dearly and they're part of the family. But there's a, it reminded me there's a Kiplinger's retirement report called The Lasting Effects of Losing a Spouse. And I just want to go through some of these. Death of a spouse is one of the most difficult things imaginable besides the emotional toll surviving spouses typically confront financial issues, which often trigger tax-related questions and consequences. Some of them are fairly straightforward, while others can be tricky. Um, there's an elder law attorney that helped with that contributed to this. Uh, I want to go through a couple things. Um, first of all, uh, surviving spouses should not make any major financial changes immediately. That's what we tell our clients all the time. Um, for a lot, of, for a lot of our clients, one spouse has all the handles, all the financial, and the other one um, has a cursory knowledge of it. is is involved in the meetings, but really, day to day, it's usually one spouse that does it. That's all the more reason not you don't have to make any decisions immediately. Uh, take some time, sometimes even take a year. Sometimes they want to they want to move or do something else. They say, wait a second, you still have kids, you still have grandkids that might want to come over. You know, don't move to an apartment right away. Give it some thought. Second is loss of income after a spouse dies certainly has tax implications. For instance, if a drop in income means a surviving spouse needs to tap a retirement account, you have to make sure that you know, if there are penalties, what are the consequences of that? Do you have alternatives? What are other potential sources of income? Uh, eventually, every surviving spouse has a new filing status. A joint federal return is allowed for the year that the deceased spouse dies, if the surviving spouse didn't remarry, the qualifying widower may opt for two or more years if there's a dependent child. So the the, the tax status changes. Third is that um, inheriting a, a, a traditional IRA can also have effects on a surviving spouse's taxes. But first, there's a decision to make. There are a number of ways that you can do it. Typically, the easiest way, and for most people, depending on the age, and everybody's situation is different. I have to uh, make sure I say that, that the surviving spouse can roll into his or her own IRA. And a lot of times, the best way to go. I, so I could take, just for example, my, my own father passed away this past January, mm -hmm. Jeff. And going along those lines, what you said is so true. You know, my mom is very healthy and, and very much happy with her house and not making rash decisions and staying there as long as I come over and, you know, chainsaw trees down and stuff like that. Perfect. And you're a good son to do that. <laughs> right. And she's got family. She's got a great support system. So she's keeping the house and I have no problem with that. She actually hired a yard service. Good. Which is really cool. Because now I don't have to. <laughs> I said, Mom, not, you know, no offense, but I got three acres of my own. Yeah, that's good. And they come over here all the time another week. That's like having two homes. Yep. Yep, no problem. So anyway, along those lines, it'd be like me getting you know an inheritance from my dad. And I, if it's a, a, an IRA, a Roth IRA, you're saying that can well, be rolled different. into mine? No. No, oh, no. Oh. A spouse can be rolled into a spouse. Oh, only spouses. A non-spouse beneficiary, there are different rules for that. But so you bring only up a, great a spouse. Yes. Yeah, so then yours, if, if you inherited an IRA from your dad, you're a non-spouse beneficiary, your rules are different. You would have 10 years to take that money out. It used to be that you could take it for your life expectancy. Got it. Not anymore. Now you have to take out still 
it's okay. You go zero, 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 and then tenth year take it all out. So you can still let it grow tax deferred. Right now, they're not required really required minimum. And that would be the that be your advice to do. Might it that be way. the way. Might be unless you really need it. It depends on your age. Depends yep. on your income. If you're going to be at a high income for a next and ten years from now, you're going to be be at the peak of your income. You only get creamed in the tenth year on that, so it may make sense to take some out each year. So everybody's different with that, but that's where the next step is to consolidate. It makes sense to consolidate so you don't have things. So the surviving spouse doesn't have things scattered all over the place, so that you know where things are. You know which ones you have to take required minimum distributions from, which ones you don't. Um, what's the taxation of each account, whether it's a brokerage account or whatever it happens to be. Now, and generally, if you've got a proper estate plan, a, a trust. Uh, Jeff, that surviving spouse is the, is the beneficiary. You don't have to worry about, you know, if it's done right. Right. Uh, it, uh, but but once that person is gone, then that trust stays alive, right? It and, could. And everyone is different. There's revocables. Um, there's irrevocable living trust. Correct. I was going to do one on those today, Paul, and I decided this was more timely, so I needed to get this one uh, done. Sorry, I got you off track. No, no, no. That's perfectly okay, Paul. You're, asking, you're bringing up great points. A surviving spouse also receives what's called a step up in basis right now. So that means if if we bought that PayPal stock and let's say it wasn't in a Roth IRA and you paid five thousand for it and it's worth five billion dollars now, the way it works is that the surviving spouse would would jump up to that five billion dollars as a tax basis. So any growth above that, again, that's outside of a Roth IRA. So if you paid ten dollars for a stock, it's worth a hundred dollars. If the spouse sold it while living, there'd be a ninety dollar gain on it. If after death it goes to the surviving spouse with right. a step up in basis, and now if they sell it at a hundred dollars, there's no tax on that. Is it, uh, so it's called step up in basis. Step up in basis. So basis jumps up to the date of death value. Uh, so that's another advantage. But again, something that you should be aware of. And that's why, again, I think it makes sense to consolidate accounts. There's also a special rule that helps surviving spouses who want to sell their home. In general, up to $250,000 gain of a sale of a principal residence is tax-free. The exemption jumps to $500,000, but a surviving spouse who hasn't remarried can still claim the $500,000 exemption if the house is sold within two years of deceased spouse. Sold within death. two years. So you can still get that two, extra 250000 Are there capital gains involved in that at all? Then beyond that, it's going to be capital gains. Okay. So you have gains. Let's say you bought for 200000 It's a million. You can cap, so there's 750000 of gain. 500000 will be sheltered. The other two fifty at capital gains tax rates. I always forget what capital gain rates are right now. They're typically lower, but the the it's typically fifteen or twenty percent. Yeah, uh, in some cases they could be zero. But it, it, you know what the current administration wants to do, and this is where everybody's up in arms, where they came to that agreement on the one trillion dollars. Yep. And then President Biden says, "We'll do this one trillion dollars if you add on this five trillion that we're going to make you know, for for climate change and all the other stuff." That's where they're looking at at uh, getting rid of that step up in basis and and other things. So. That's the way it stands right now. Anyway, the last thing, Paul, is that for state taxes, there's an unlimited marital deduction as well as this year's $11.7 million estate tax exemption. Now, so that's $11.7 million per person. So if a spouse dies and you don't use up all that 11, 11 
$12.7 million. So double that, that's 23 point something, 23.4 million. But you have to file Form 706 to elect portability that allows the deceased spouse unused exemption amount. So say they only use $5 million of the $23 million. At the second death, the way the, the state tax stands now, you can still preserve $18 million exemption. So there are a lot of things that uh, when a spouse passes away. Oh, there's literally, Jeff, if you screw it up. Income taxes, estate taxes, uh, ownership, all kinds of things. There's it, not just thousands, millions of dollars could be at stake right. if you really don't do it the right way, That's which right. is why we always advise have an estate plan, work with a financial advisor, work with an expert. And that's what we do day in and day out. So when you say, you know, where do you go next? Next step is to call, call the Cowall Investment Group. Uh, go online and get those five ways to get to keep family money in the family. That, I think, is a great starting point. And then schedule a time to meet with us. But that's all important, and we always feel you know, the most important thing is that you're losing a companion when a spouse passes away. Well, yeah. But don't make mistakes to compound that. that. That's exactly right. The death is bad enough surviving that, going through the grieving process. Absolutely. And then you add on to it all the financial implications and, and worrying about all that stuff, Jeff. To reach out the... Kowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com, or call 262-522-4040. We'll be right back. Back on WISN, news coming up, your weekend rainy weather forecast, unfortunately. We need the rain, though. This is good. Hey, real quickly, because we're almost out of time, on what Jeff talked about with this uh, PayPal money. Well, I want to uh, piggyback on this, because in the in sexy segment, I talked about the $11.7 million estate tax exemption. A texter uh, reminded me, uh, uh, with Theo, with the $5 billion in his Roth IRA, it's all going to be income tax free because it's in a Roth IRA. Yeah. But his his dex death, he'll also get the twenty three or if he's married, twenty three million dollar exemption. And then above that, that at least will be taxed at forty percent. Yeah, so here's what he wrote. Unless they put I mean there are probably some things that he can do to avoid that and you know, but but still, the above forty percent, it can be uh, above uh, the exemption. It could be taxed. The texter just said eventually Brian Thiel will pay at least forty percent in estate tax at his death on the five billion. Correct. So his Roth is hardly tax free. Yeah, at death, it's, but it's income tax free. So that it's always income tax free. But you're right; it's subject to estate taxes. It's between Important that, distinction. Yes, and he may also get rid of that five million dollars gifted away prior to his death, so he may not be subject to that estate tax. So there's I'm a lot of variables. In still there. kicking myself I didn't buy PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was a great point from the, from the uh, texter. So I would appreciate that. But the. I'm sorry, Monday through Friday, listen to the business report, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news block. Give our office a call at 262-522-4040 or online at thekowalway.com. Thanks for joining us on the Retirement Clinic on WISN and WIBA.